0: such a privilege to be able to look into God's Word and specifically look into some of the letters that were written by the Apostle Paul to individuals and to churches. We're studying on Sunday morning the book of Colossians. In reality, it's more of a letter than it is a book. But it was written to a congregation to whom Paul had never seen face-to-face. It was a congregation that had real needs and things that would help them, and so Paul was going to provide that to them. I want to begin this morning with an introduction by asking a question to hopefully get our minds to appreciate what Paul is attempting to do. How do you instill appreciation into a people? for things that have been done for them. You know, we live in a nation where most of us enjoy some great privileges. If you think about who we are and where we are and how we got here, there has been a valuable sacrifice given for some very noble principles. There are those who believe in our forefathers and in those who have gone before us That you and I should prize and treasure liberty, freedom, the freedom to say what we want to say, the, the freedom to go where we want to go, and the freedom to worship God as we deem necessary from the scriptures. There are some heroes who have gone before us, people who have laid down their lives to make possible what you and I enjoy today. On Memorial Day, we look at the lives of those and we celebrate what they have done for us. Now, if you start thinking in spiritual terms, there's certainly no one greater than our Lord Jesus Christ who made it possible that you and I could be a part of His kingdom. There are faithful servants of His, like the Apostle Paul, who devoted their lives To preaching the gospel. And in fact, Paul is in prison when he writes this letter because he was a preacher of the gospel. Paul wanted them to know that the blessing that they have is that not only are they in Christ, but Christ is in them. The theme verse is coming from chapter 1, verse 27. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. If Paul looked at Colossians and says, I want you to understand what it means to say that Christ is in you, certainly those of us who live today ought to look and say, What does it mean to the church at Bobby Branch to say that God is in us and we are in God? If you open your Bibles now to the book of Colossians to chapter 1, we're going to begin with verse 9 and we're going to go through verse 14. We're actually going to begin with verses 13 and 14 and then we're going to back up to verses 9 and following. And we're going to try to look at three things. We're going to notice two distinct kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Then we're going to observe the deliverance that God has made possible, the deliverance from the kingdom of Satan and into his dear kingdom. And then finally, to look at some of the demands that are placed upon us to live a better life. And that's really verses 9 and following. Let's begin, first of all, with this idea of two distinct kingdoms. He begins with the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. When you begin at the very beginning of time in the book of Genesis and you go all the way to the end of the book of Revelation, you realize that those two great kingdoms are at odds with one another, as are their leaders Satan's desire is to destroy what God built. Jesus' kingdom is to destroy what the devil has done. When Paul wrote the Galatians in chapter 5, verses 16 and 17, he said, I say, then walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are contrary to one another. So that you do not do the things that you wish. There is a contrary nature. Working one against another. Darkness is the one of sin. Oppression. Ruled by Satan. We need to see Satan for who he is. He's not just this benign creature out here who's a part of God's creation that has no real influence no the Bible warns us about him he said be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy he is our adversary when Solomon wrote Proverbs chapter two he spoke about to deliver you from the way of evil from the man who speaks perverse things, from those who lead the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perversity of the wicked. There are those who want to walk that pathway, who are interested in it. In John 3, verse 19, Jesus said, And this is condemnation that light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than their light because their deeds are evil. There are people in this world who love the world of Satan. They love the world of darkness. In Ephesians 5 verses 8 through 11 as well as chapter 6 and verse 12. He said, you were once darkness but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And then he says, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. The kingdom of Satan is over here. All the darkness that goes with it. Those who want it, he says, don't be a part of it. And then he says in chapter 6, verse 12, he says, we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and rulers of the darkness of this age. Against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. We're dealing with Satan and his kingdom. Contrast that, if you will, with that of the kingdom of light, where Jesus is the king. Matthew 16, verse 28, he said, There's some of you standing here who will not taste of death till you shall see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. The kingdom of the Lord was going to bring about. Chapter 1 and verse 8 of Hebrews. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever, and the scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. He doesn't rule just by power and by might. He rules with the scepter of righteousness. John 18, verse 36. As he stood before Pilate, and Pilate was asking him, Are you really a king? And Jesus' response is... My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. So my kingdom is not from here. Jesus is saying, I'm not the worldly leader that some had so mistaken him to be. I'm a heavenly leader. I'm leading in the paths of righteousness. John chapter 1 is John opens that wonderful letter about Jesus. He said in verses 4 and 5 and him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not apprehend it or comprehend it. Verses 7 through 9. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. John said I'm not that light but he says he is the true light. John 8 verse 12. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have light of light. And then when you get to 1 John, chapter 1, verse 5, verse 7, he said this is the message and we have heard from him, and we declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. Verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light. Do you see the great great contrast between these two kingdoms? Well, you look at verse 15 now, verse 13, and let's let's see exactly what he says. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Delivered from the power of darkness. The word delivered is from the word that is sometimes translated rescue. I want you to imagine, I thought as Brother Stanley led the song this morning, Master, the tempest is raging. The thought in mind is there's a great storm going on and we need someone to rescue us. If we don't have someone to rescue us, we're going to be overwhelmed And by the figure of this the waters imagine you're on a ship and you fall overboard you need someone to throw you a lifeline you need someone to throw you a life preserver you think about a person being in a burning building and they're not able to get out fires in front fires in the back fires to the right and fires to the left and all of a sudden, a fireman in his gear breaks through with a wrap with a to put around you and to escort you out of that burning building. He is the one who rescues you to take you from a place of danger to a place of safety. Oh, that's what he's talking about. In Romans 7, verse 24, Paul said, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Here we are in a sinful world. Here we are in the kingdom of Satan with sin all around us. And who's going to rescue us? 2 Timothy 4 verse 17. For the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be fully preached through me and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for His heavenly kingdom. Paul said, I know that I've got a God that knows how to deliver me. But to deliver us from the power of darkness. The word translated power here is the word for authority. That is the command over us. God is to deliver us from the direct Authority in the command over us. Matthew 18 verse 9. He said, For I am also a man under authority. 1 Corinthians 15 24 says, To end all rule and authority. That's the idea behind this. You see, this power of darkness is the authority the devil exercises over us when he tells us you need to do this, you need to do that. And someone says, well, how does He do that? Oh, He does that through His servants. And sometimes we are His servants. You remember Matthew 16? When Jesus showed them that He had to go to Jerusalem, suffer many things at the hand of the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed the third day, rise again. And Peter said, not so, Lord. And you remember how Jesus responded, Get behind me Satan. Sometimes the voice of the devil comes through us and our friends. In 2nd 2 Timothy 2:24, 2, Paul would say, "And the servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if perhaps God will grant to them repentance so that they may know the truth, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. The devil's out here trying to get people captive under his authority. And he says, our job is to try to tell people so that they can escape the devil. And find deliverance from his power. Romans 16.20 And the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet shortly. Yeah, God is capable of being our great deliverer. He has delivered us from the power of darkness. And if you're using the New King James, conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. If you're reading the original King James, the word's translated. The New American Standard transfers or translates it, transferred into his kingdom. The truth is, it means to be removed from one place to another. You know, if you study the Old Testament, you realize the children of Israel had been taken from their land and moved to another land. They had been taken from Judah and moved all the way to Babylon. The same thing had happened earlier as Esarhaddon had taken the king of Assyria, had taken the people of the northern kingdom and moved them out and moved another people in. Ezra records that in chapter 4 verse 2, the latter part of that verse. He says, we've sacrificed to him since the days of Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, who brought us here. You see, what it described was a person who once was in this location, but was taken and moved to this location. Well, what a perfect example. To describe being taken from the kingdom of the devil, the kingdom of darkness, and being put into and moved into the kingdom of God. Sometimes the word's even used for put out. Luke 16, 4, he says, I resolve what I will do that when I am put out of the stewardship. Sometimes it's used to the removal. Remember Acts 13, verse 22, talking about Saul. It says, and when he had removed him, removed Saul, he raised up for them David as king. So we have been moved from the kingdom of darkness and we've been moved into the kingdom of, Of God's dear son. The son of his love. What is his kingdom? I don't have to doubt about that. Because when I read Matthew 16. Jesus said in verse 18. And I also say to you that. You are Peter and upon this rock I will build my. Church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. All the the church and the kingdom are one and the same. So you've been translated, you've been conveyed from the kingdom of the devil, the darkness, and put into the kingdom of Christ, which is the church. Oh, that's exactly what Peter said in Acts chapter 2. Praising God and having favor with all the people, the Lord added to the church daily, those who were being saved. It's almost as if God is here and here's a person who now has been obedient and God's putting them into the church, out of the devil's house, into the Lord's house, out of wickedness, into righteousness. And when you read so many passages, you you, you see what that really conveys. He said in Romans 6 and verse 3, or do you not know as many of us as were baptized into Christ? Okay, there's His kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He said, for by one Spirit were we baptized into one body. That body is the kingdom, the church. Galatians 3, verse 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Well, how does that happen? How does it happen that I go from the kingdom of the devil to the kingdom of Christ? What takes place? There's a choice. There's a change. And there's a call. I want you to listen to Acts 26, verses 17 and 18. Paul, rehearsing before Agrippa, said, And I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as the Gentiles to whom I now send you. What is he sending him for? Very, very specific. To open their eyes in order to turn them from the power of darkness to light. From the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. You see, what he's trying to do is you open people's eyes. They see the devil for who he is. They see his kingdom for where it leads. And what they do, they are then moved to that kingdom of light. Peter would put it like this in 1 Peter 2.9. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. God is calling people, come to my kingdom. That is the real invitation. You remember Matthew 11? Jesus said, Come unto me all you who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So it's at Conversion. That one receives the redemption that is by the blood of Christ and thus receives the remission of sins. And Luke 24, 47 says you begin preaching that repentance and remission of sins. Acts 2, verse 38, you teach them to repent and be baptized for the remission of sins. Now very quickly, let's look at verses 9 and 10. We're backing up to see the demands that this places upon those of us who have done this. Paul said, For this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God. Oh, we could spend a lot of time in those couple of verses. They would have made a good sermon in and of themselves. When Paul says for this reason, he's referring back to their hearing of the gospel and their conversion in verses 3 through 8. Yes, you Colossians have heard the gospel and now I'm praying for you. Well, Paul, what do you want us to do? What's the, the plan? He says, I want you to walk worthy of the Lord. Walk worthy. If I have been moved from the devil's kingdom to God's kingdom, does God have any expectations of me once I get over here? He does. Walk worthy of the Lord. Romans 13, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. That means we quit doing the things that's a part of the devil's skin. We don't tell lies anymore. We don't steal anymore. We don't have jealousy. We don't have hatred. We don't have malice. We don't fornicate. We don't get drunk. There's so many things that were a part of that. You go on to verses 13 and 14 of Romans 13. He says, but put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its life. Then Ephesians chapter 5 verse 8, he says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Or a passage that I referred to earlier from 1 John chapter 1. Picking up this time verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness. We lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ his son cleanses us from all sin. Oh you see once I get over into the kingdom of light there's some demands there that i live and walk worthy of the Lord. So we end the lesson. Are you walking in darkness or are you walking in the light? Now here's the reality. There's no middle ground. You're either in the kingdom of Satan or you're in the kingdom of God. There's no other way. I will tell you that all the spiritual blessings, everything that is good and right, holy and true, is found in Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. As Paul would write to the Colossians and hold up for them, Christ in you, the hope of glory. But in order to be conveyed into the kingdom, you have to be converted to Christ first. There is the move from the devil's kingdom to the Lord's kingdom. But that occurs when you yourself make a choice to say, I no longer want to serve the devil. I no longer want to be a part of his kingdom. I want to serve the Lord. We're going to sing the invitation song number 587. Soul, a Savior, thou art needing. Do you need to obey the gospel this morning? Do you need to be restored? If do, come while together we stand and sing.